Welcome to the Dropping Dimes Podcast, and here's your host, J.I. Dimes. Sir, welcome back to the Dropping Dimes Podcast by J.I. Dimes. So for today's episode... We will be talking about something a little different. Yes, we'll be talking about local hoops and how we should appreciate the efforts of our young players more than hating on them. And that is what's up for today's episode. Yes, no, this is the first time I'll be recording something about local hoops. You know, the podcast is really focused on the NBA and not on Philippine hoops. But then I just felt compelled to talk about this because I, I don't really like what's happening now on how... You know, fellow Filipinos are actually very, very hard on our young players. And in fact, these young players, they're trying, they're obviously trying their best just to be able to represent the country well and to make it to the, you know, to the big leagues. Of course, the ultimate dream is to make it to the NBA. So I'm going to be focusing on this issue and I'm, I'm really seeing that instead of just appreciating these young players, you know, a lot of people are like bashing them and saying, you know, negative stuff about them without really seeing the bigger picture. So I, I chose uh, certain players as examples and again I'm not it's not I'm not doing this just to merely defend these young kids but I'm doing this because I think that it, this is the right thing to do you know you need to support them instead of uh, criticizing them all the time or hating on them you know, so let's start first with the first players who people thought could actually make it. You know, the first young players. You know, in 2010, I can still remember very well. A kid named Ray Parks Jr. And another kid named Kiefer Ravenna. They were supposed to... They were regarded as the future of Philippine basketball. Uh, Ray Parks of course the son of former seven-time best import in the PVA Bobby Ray Parks then Kiefer is also a second generation player he's the son of Bong Ravenna at that time both of them were trying to decide on 
where to go. Ray Park sent an offer to play for Georgia Tech. Kiefer, at that time, there were rumors that he had an offer from Butler. They both had an NBA dream. They both wanted to make it to the to the association. But both of them decided to stay here. Ray Parks at the time decided to to play for NU. Uh, for most, it was because his dad was sick at that time. He wanted to make sure that his dad will be okay. And then for Kiefer, he's wanting to go and play for for Ateneo. That's that that was the that was really the storyline there. But we all know that, you know, looking back, it really changed the trajectory of their careers. It would have really been different had Ray Parks played for Georgia Tech or had Kiefer, you know, let's say play for Butler. It would have been different because they would have been able to play in the NCAA. They would have had a chance to develop in the States, not here in the Philippines. And then most importantly, they would have had the, the opportunity to get exposed uh, or to get the, you know, exposed not in a negative way, but to get the proper exposure so that they would, you know, scouts would notice them. We all know what happened with Ray Parks, you know, after winning the MVP awards in the UAAP, he decided to go back to the States. He was able to play in the Summer League, was drafted in the G League, got to play there, but then that was it. As for Kiefer, he had a very decorated college career and then tried his luck and was able to play in the Drew League and then was a practice player for the Texas Legends. And that was it. But then do I feel bad for these kids? Do I look at them as bust just because of that? Of course not. Because there was still the desire to make it. And they did everything that they could. They controlled, you know, they, they handled whatever they could control. Balled out. And, you know, left everything on the court. Just so happened that they didn't make it. And then, first, the next young player was Kobe Paras. Who, of course, at this very moment is being very or is under the microscope for, you know, I think, and it's been really unfair that he's been being criticized so much. You know, this is the this is the story on this man, and people should people should remember what really happened. You know, it was. First and foremost, it's not like Kobe Paras when he was it was even he was still playing in the NCAA juniors. It's not like Kobe Paras was dominating the whole league, right? He was still a work in progress at that time, and then they decided because of his size and his you know athleticism that maybe it will be best to go to the states, play high school basketball there, get scouted go to a Division One school, etc. 
and honestly it really it really worked out well except for the you know last part when he had to he was declared ineligible to play for UCLA because of academic reasons but you know for a guy for a kid who was like 16 at that time to go to the states and play high school basketball there that in itself was already super difficult I mean he had to battle against practically the top high school players in California he had to make a name for himself and the fact that he was actually recruited by UCLA that was already an achievement right there you know for a kid who just came there but still was recognized as a three-star prospect had his moments in those camps Should have been a teammate of Lonzo Ball. This is what people should remember about what happened to Kobe Paras. When he was... When he had to leave, he was forced to leave UCLA and then transfer to trade. And that in itself was already tough. Because that was not part of the plan. Leaving UCLA was not part of the plan. The plan was he would be playing with Lonzo Ball. He'd be playing in UCLA. Right? Just imagine they would have been an elite A team. He would have been able to play in an elite A team. Well, Creighton did make it to the tournament, but Creighton also didn't use him much. Why? Because he was just an add-on. So he lost that year, didn't really play that much. And then he decided to leave Creighton. He had to sit out, right? He had to go back to California. I think that was like Cal State Poly, I think. Where Reggie Diaz was the coach. Reggie Diaz really liked Kobe Paras and the way he played. But then even before Kobe could suit up, Coach Diaz got fired. And so he lost another year. And then didn't really know what to what to expect especially because his coach the coach that brought him in brought him in wasn't there anymore right and then of course the infamous uh, I'm going pro moment with that video that he had and then everyone didn't really know what, what, what was next everyone knew he wouldn't get drafted and so he came home played for Gilas a lot of people were very hard on how he wasn't playing much defense. Decided he will be playing for UP. And he had to sit out another year because of that. So just imagine the three most important developmental years of Kobe Paras as a basketball player, as a young basketball player, were practically gone because of these issues that he couldn't control. Right? So he lost all of the opportunity to grow. You have to remember that he was playing with guys like Bam Adebayo, Lonzo Ball. He was also batchmates with Jason Tatum, Harry Giles, Marco Fultz, right? Dennis Smith Jr. And yet, 
it happened that way because I'm I'm not saying that if he got those three years he would have been an NBA player. I'm not you know, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that he lost three very important years. And if you look at his peers, those guys boom, Tatum became a superstar. Adebayo became an all-star in in the span of those three years. And what was Kobe Paras doing at that time? He had no choice but to sit out. And so when people were questioning how he was performing for Gilas during these past, um, these, you know, most recent games, People were like so hard on the kid, saying he was overrated, blah, blah, blah. I actually felt bad. Like, to see Kobe Paras still playing hard, you know, competing, following Coach Tab, doing what is necessary for the team. I think that's more than enough already. For a guy who lost three years of very important, you know, formative stages in his basketball career, he's still there competing, still there trying. And I think that's what people should see, right? And then, of course, the next one is, of course, the the guy that we are all rooting for, Kai Soto, is now playing for the Ignite team. Kai is like the embodiment of all the lessons learned from Kiefer, Ray Parks, to Kobe Paras. And I'm happy that Kai got all the breaks so far. He has been getting all the good breaks. You know, I... I heard recently from one of the, you know, YouTube creators that he's now num- the number three center in the 2021 batch. So that's good to hear. And then he, he was also the thing that he just went to the States like a little over a year ago, but then he eventually made it as a four-star recruit, as a top 100 player, and then going to the Ignite team, that speaks of volumes of what Kai can do, right? And so instead of focusing on... Because what I'm seeing is that some people are saying, oh, Kai will not make it, Kai's gonna go undrafted, Kai's gonna be like this, he's just gonna eventually end up in the PBA, whatever. I think instead of like saying those things, why not let's just support the kids, man? I mean, it, it wasn't easy for them to like go to the States. It's a new place, new culture. You have to grind, you have to compete. And you're carrying the burden of, you know, having to live up to all these expectations. But in the case of Kai, even the case of Kobe and Kiefer and Ray, who you know are all getting unwarranted hate for you know, I don't really know where that hate is coming from. All I know is that those kids 
all they did was the dream, man. They dreamt big. They put in the work. And that in itself is something to be proud of. So let's say in the case of Kai Soto, I know he has a lot of things to work on. I know this G League stint will be a make or break thing for him. It's good that scouts can see him easily because of the fact that they are part of the Ignite team, that he's really so close to the NBA. But it can also be bad that they might, you know, focus so much on what he cannot do and forget about the things that he can do. Right? That's how prospects slip in the draft when scouts tend to focus on the things that they cannot do more than the, the things that they can do. Just ask Donovan Mitchell or you can probably also ask guys like Paul Pierce, Teron Butler, how they all slip because of notions that they had this and that, a bad knee, he can't play defense, etc. I hope that wouldn't be the case. I hope Kai would just continue working, continue listening to his coaches, and for us Filipinos, what we should do is support them, support the kid, you know. Support our young players. Appreciate what they're doing. You know? Instead of hating on forever. <laughs> what did these guys do to you anyway? Like, let's just support them. Appreciate the fact that they're balling. Not just for themselves, but for the country as well. To represent us as well. And that in itself is something to be truly proud of okay so again to guys like Ray Parks Kiefer Kobe Paras and Kai Soto more power to you guys continue dreaming big continue grinding because in spite of all the hate there are still many of us who appreciate what you guys are doing so that is it for today's episode of the Dropping Dimes podcast. Again, you can catch the podcast also on YouTube. You can catch it on Spotify and Anchor. And follow us also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So with that, we'll see you all in the next episode of the Dropping Dimes podcast. This is J.I. Dimes. Keep safe, everyone.